Father, we thank you because it is your intention that we'll be happy. It's your intention that we will have life and have it to the fullest in abundance. You say, blessed is the people whose God is the God of Jacob. Father, it's your intention that we'll be blessed. And it is your intention that we have good success. And you have already given us the prescription. Open our eyes this morning that we might see the wondrous things out of your word. And it will liberate us from anything that is holding us down from living the full life you want us in Christ. Blessed be your name this morning, King of glory. Holy Spirit, you are the boss. Take over and let Jesus be exalted. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. The theme of the church has been living by every word of God. Living by every word of God. And we have been breaking it into pieces. So this morning we are sharing living the word in your home. Amen. I will just get straight to James chapter 1 verse 16. And see what the Bible is going to tell us there as our anchor scripture. James chapter 1 from verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes from down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creation. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce righteousness of God. And then when we get down to verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Be he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it, it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. Amen. Modeling is one of the things that is invoked now. People model their lives. Copy. Copying. Modeling is copying. You want to copy somebody and just do like them or be like them and pattern your life. In fact, where you will see it very well. It's when you look at some of our youths, they watch the football, they are very, very sold to it, and suddenly they begin to admire one person. Maybe Roni, Messi, Abby. Uh-huh. I know many of them. You know, I have boys, so they, we are all footballers in my house. Amen. So you begin to, they begin to copy them. They begin to copy them. And suddenly, you now see the person going to bab hair. And you want to bab your hair like a footballer. And then some of them want to go and buy Jesse. And you wear Jesse that has the name of Nani. Ronaldo. You know what this person is telling you? I like Ronaldo, his ways, his gimmicks, the way he moves, the way he plays ball, the way he scores goal, even his gait. So you see some people bouncing when they are walking. They are bouncing like somebody. Because their father may not be walking like that. And then you see some people talking, they are talking like somebody. Maybe a movie star. So they want to be like that person. And modeling it's also good. Some people talk like they are lecturers. I still remember when we were growing up. Some people copied some people that were preaching. So they have to fold their Bible. Thinking that when you fold your Bible, anointing will start coming. You know, people copy. You copy a lot of people. You copy movies. You copy, copy man of God. There are some pastors that when they talk, if they are hundred and they, they all start talking, you will think that it is their general overseer that is speaking. Because all of them now decided to copy the accent of the general overseer. That is modeling. And 
Unfortunately, some of these sources and all these people and all the people that we copy, they are not reliable. They are not stable. We read it in James that it is only God that has a shadow, that has not shadow of variableness and is very consistent. Somebody can, you copy somebody today, tomorrow you hear saga about the person. Oh, I'm copying a man of God. Tomorrow they say, hey, the man of God stole money. You're copying a footballer. One day they tell you, hey, he slept with the girlfriend of his friend. You know, all these things, they are not stable. They are not reliable. The philosophies, they keep changing the ideas. They thank God for the theme of the church. Because the Bible has said that the word of God is eternally established in heaven. Can somebody read it for us? Psalm 119 verse 89. The reason why we want to be giving and opening the scripture is so that we will confirm that some of the things we are saying, we are not just telling stories. Psalm 119 verse 89. And you will see what the Bible has said there. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Amen. So if there is any settled word, or any settled philosophy, any settled idea you think you want to build your life on, I want to encourage you to build it on the word of God that is eternally settled. It has no second edition, third edition, revised edition. The word of God is stable. Amen. Let's also look at Psalm 19. Psalm 19 verse 8. And you will see that the word of God is all that is qualified to be our pattern. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. If you want enlightenment. You don't need to start reading occultic books. Because you want it to shine your eyes. The word of God gives enlightenment to the eyes. Amen. So we should model our lives. After the word of God. Unfortunately. A lot of people and many of us and most of the time Christians are good preachers, good teachers of the word, good translators of the word. But the problem we have is the doing. It is the doing. We can instruct, we can exalt, we can admonish, but it is the doing that is where we are having problem. And that is what this generation is facing as a challenge. So this topic is timely that we should leave out the word in our homes. I started asking myself, why should it be home? Why? Why should it be home? Why should we start leaving it out from the house first? Let's see Deuteronomy chapter 8. And you will see that it is also important to God that homes demonstrate the word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verses 1 and 2 says, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply, and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness, to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Let's go down to 6. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley. Amen. There are so many things that God has said there that when our hearts are given to the world, it says so that he will taste us and know what is in our heart. It is the word of God that gives us such positioning. It is the word of God that helps us to appreciate what God is doing in our life. And then in the same Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you look at verse 6, it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. One, you shall now teach them diligently to your children. Where do you find children? Is it not in the house? It's in the home. You teach your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way. When you lie down. 
and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, you shall, it shall, and they shall be a frontlet between your eyes. You shall write them or even on the doorposts of your house and all your gates. Amen. So why is God emphasizing this? Why does God want the word of God to be even written on posts and doorposts in our houses? Unfortunately, when we come to our houses these days, we won't see anything that talks about God. Rather, we will get carved faces, flowers, beautiful wallpapers of well-designed kitchens and dinings with fruits and then people that can flag out for maybe footballers, maybe for dancers and all this. Even students, all their wallpapers. You won't see anything that talks about God. You won't see any emblem or anything that shows okay, we have teddy bears, even in our bus cars. Teddy bears, dogs, cats, pussycats. Rabbit. What the Bible says that we will write them on the doorposts. We will even wear them on our hands as bracelets. And paste them everywhere. On top of your fridge. Everywhere. And it has a reason. Because when you teach children, you need to repeat it over and over again. But if they are seeing it here, seeing it here, seeing it there, it clicks. I remember when we repented. Those early years. How you know the car of a Christian is when you see a sticker. Wise men still seek Jesus. Real people love Jesus. Sin is poison. Keep away. These are the things you will see. And you know that somebody that owns this car is a Christian. You better don't steal this car. This one is not Holy Ghost fire now. Don't touch this car. It belongs to a child of God. You are looking for a hostel or a room that belongs to a Christian. You come to the door. Immediately you see righteousness exalts a nation. Just knock at that door. You will see a Christian. But what we see now, an Anglican family, Redeem family, Mountain of Fire family, Methodist family. We are now struggling over family. But what the Bible said, I write these things. Word of God. Word of God. Amen. Home is the best setting for practicing the word. Why? Because there is no pretense in the home. You can form outside. You can package. You know how to package. You package yourself. Even if you are dying, you package. Even if your wife insulted you or your husband is beating you. But when you come outside, you package. You can put Korean time and time and rosemary. Packaging. Outside, you can package well, well. Good morning, bro. It's well. All is well. God bless you. God bless you. But in the house, packaging is not there. You are wearing your box and your singlet. You are real. You are real in the house. So it is in the house that the real you comes out. There is no pretense. So that is the real place where you should be real also about the word of God. Amen. Family is the primary place of socialization and teaching children. But unfortunately, parents are missing it. Parents are missing it. God intended that the teaching will start in the house. You teach children, teach the family, teach everybody. But we are missing it. Nursery and primary school. After school, they do lesson. Abby, nursery school, they do lesson. Primary school is worst. In fact, if parents will find a dormitory for nursery school and pray nursery children, they will send them to dormitory. Because we were busy. Doing busy work. By the time a child is 8, 9, you've rushed her or him into the dormitory. The small opportunity the child has with home during holidays, you push the child into holiday lesson. And from holiday lesson, back to school. Amen. Back to school. And by the time SS2, SS3, straight to jump and into the university, jungle, where wolves are waiting, and the child is going there hollow, without any standard, without any background. It pains me and it pains God that in our homes, some of these things are gone. But God is calling us back 
that we might begin to utilize this opportunity of home to stamp values, to stamp the word of God. It is Christians that are not utilizing the opportunity. Call a little child that is a Muslim. And that child will recite Quran from beginning to end for you. I was watching the television the other day. They were giving an award to a very small girl that was not up to six years. She recited Quran from beginning to end. I was marveling. A lot of scholarships and award was given to her. But how many of our children can now recite memory verse? Just one. And then two. And you step up to three. Or four at a stretch. Home is the best place. To stamp the word of God into our hearts. Home is a place where you don't compromise values. Standard. Because if you do. You can accommodate yourself in the house. And excuse each other. That is him. That is her. That is him for you. But when the child or the husband or the wife goes outside. The outside world will not accommodate your nonsense. So in the house. It is where values and standards should not be compromised. That's why God is emphasizing it. Teach it in the house. You teach it in the house. Amen. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 4. And maybe you will begin to get the passion of what God is crying out that we are missing it. Home is going away from us. Proverbs chapter 4, 1 to 4. We may not finish all of them. Here are my children the instruction of a father. And give attention to knowing, to know understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. Now listen to verse 3. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Amen. He said, when I was my father's son, he also taught me. And because the person was taught by the father, he now has a style to teach his own children. The teaching is in the house. And he's taught them a lot of things. When I was reading all these things, I, I was, it was touching my heart that the teaching that should be done in the home, the first place of socialization, we are missing it. We are pushing them to Sunday school teachers. We are pushing them to church. We are pushing them to school. We are pushing them to movies and to television. God will help us in Jesus' name. God wants us to practice them in the house. It is very important to God. How do we practice the word of God in the house? I think one of the first things that we should do is as a family, as a unit, we decide what is going to be the core philosophy in that house. It's very important. What do we believe? Some families don't have grasp of what they believe. There is nothing that family believes. So that's the reason why somebody will now get up, have two or three, four sons, one person will go into Cherubim, another person will go to Roman Catholic, another one will join Ekanka. Another one will join anything. Why? Why? Why did they deviate? They didn't just deviate because they have grown as adults. They deviated because there wasn't a core philosophy in that house. That everybody grabbed it and held onto it. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6, when you train up a child in the proper footing, when the child grows up, it's not going to leave it. Amen. Family as a unit should demonstrate the fear of God. God should be the pivot. The core center. If we say we are Christians. If we say we are Christians. That is the beginning. A family should decide. And definitely. Say that this is what we believe. And convey it. And communicate it to every member of the family. In this house. This is our conviction. This is what we believe in this house. So that people will not go out and have divergent views. This son will be talking about this. This daughter will be talking about that. 
And this mother will be talking and father will be saying something else. A family should have a core belief. What do we believe in? We should teach our family. And I took an example about Noah. It was a terrible time that time. It was a messed up time. But the Bible said that Noah found favor before God. And I wanted to find out why he found favor. Genesis chapter 6. Can we turn to that? Why did Noah distinguish among the terrible people that were living at that time? Why? There must be something that Noah had. Genesis chapter 6 from verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And he had three sons. And these three sons, they were married. So he had daughters-in-law. I discovered something about Noah. When God gave him instruction, it wasn't only Noah. He conveyed it, his conviction, his belief, I'm not seeing the God, but I heard him. I was so convinced about his instructions. So every member of the family on the central table, this is what my God told me. And I believe strongly that it's true. So everybody is a family ministry. We all have to queue into it. And harm, shame, Japheth, nobody said, Daddy, I don't, I don't believe that. Their father had a way of convincing all of them. And they all put their hands on the deck. Built the ark. Everybody. They were all together in the ministry. Sometimes you see a minister, the daughter, the son, doesn't even know what the minister is doing. You have a ministry, you have something you're doing, your daughter, your son doesn't have, know what you're doing. He doesn't even know where you go to. Where is that? I don't know. Maybe he has gone to preach. One little child said, my daddy has gone to do man of God. He doesn't know where he's gone, but he has to do man of God. He took all of them, taught them the word of God, established a belief for them. That is how to start living out the word of God in our families, in our home. The word of God was central to Noah. And what happened? I noticed that after that, they went into the ark. All the daughters-in-law, they were all there. All the sons, they were all there. One didn't walk away. Then I started thinking that Noah must have been a good team leader. He must have been a good team leader. They were able to gather all those animals all alone. And they did it perfectly well. It was a family affair. Christianity should be a family affair. Shouldn't be held by you alone or you, somebody else. And suddenly your son goes out to discover, hey, there is God. In your house, so there is no God. We start from the home. Praise the Lord. We don't shift our responsibilities as men. Fathers, wake up and be the team leader in your house. It's unfortunate that sometimes you see a father, he doesn't want to pray. He said the woman, go and pray with the children. I mean, with you people in the spirit. At the church, I will drop you off. Then you go back and play draft. Or go back and be drinking or watching ball. Fathers should be team leaders. Amen. Amen. And... It's not only fathers. I also read somewhere that taught me something and challenged my life about also what a mother should do in the aspect of this teaching. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 31. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. Sometimes we read some of these things in the Bible, we pass them, but they are very, very significant. He said, this king Lemuel, he grew up to become a king. He now is talking. Every time you go and say, a Proverbs chapter 31 woman. Read it very well. And you see that that was the teaching of a mother to a son. His mother taught him. And look at what the mother taught him. What my son, and what son of my womb, and what son of my vows. Do not give your strength to women. 
nor your ways to that which destroys kings. The first of all, the mother taught him, don't give your strength to women. So I'm picturing a, a, a mother, Mrs. Um, whosoever she is, that has a son, Lemuel. Now sat Lemuel down and began to teach him how to manage his sexuality. Because before he should ever give his strength to a woman, that means that he is not in control of his sexuality. Of teaching him. You are not a grown up young man. You need to do this. You need to do that. When you feel like this. When you feel funny. When you feel goose flesh. When you do that. Look at how to handle it. Look at how to handle it. If you have any question anytime. I'm ready. Just ask me. Even if it is stupid. Even if it looks like nonsense. Ask me. I will scold you. A young man went to a mother in the church. I said I had a wet dream. He said huh? You are possessed though. We must look for a minister. Because he need the deliverance. If that doesn't happen, you will marry a wife in the dream and have a dream husband and dream wife. Mother. And the, man, the young man started panicking. Asking God, where is this demon position coming from now? Destabilized. Until he got the correct answer. That it is nature's way of helping you as a young man when you're under pressure. And you get up, clean up yourself, take your bed, do your morning quiet time, and walk away. Strong. He taught him how not to give his strength to women. He taught him something else. He says, do not, it is not for kings, all them well, it is not for kings to drink wine. Nor for princes intoxicating drink. Lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. It was the mother that taught Lemuel that if you are going to keep the law of the Lord, you should not drink alcohol. And he told, she told her the reason why. It's not like she should get up and say, Okay, for Nona, I don't want to Nona. I don't want to watch a Christian home. Why? And that's it. You didn't teach the child the implication. You didn't answer the question. You didn't tell the reason why. Just in your instruction. You know what they do? I want to tell you because I'm a youth minister. You think they have not tested this? It's a lie. By thinking that they have not tested it. They go out there. On a wonder. He had a white in a glass. I can't go see at Their classmates will be telling them how they drank it. Hey. On a struggle. One day my children told me. Is it not good for us to buy one can of star? Star content. Um, can star. And bring it inside. The so that each and every one of us will taste it and know how it tastes. We're not going to be drinking it. When they were growing up. We will just eat, each person will taste it and see. Is it bitter or is it sweet? The curiosity in children will want them to go and test some things. But when you are in a house and you teach and you encourage and you explain and finally they discover I'm not even missing anything by not taking it. They walk away. That is home. That is home. He taught him that. He taught him other things. Praise the Lord. Amen. So in the house is a place where we teach. We teach godly virtues. We teach our children. We live out the word exactly. It's not a home where we become proud and we teach our children arrogance and make them know that we are from a class and nobody should insult them and talk to them anyhow. They should insult back. And then we sit down and gossip about the men of God, how they did it and they did not do it, how they chop money and how they do this. If you teach your children those ones, it will surely backfire. Because one day they will start talking about you. Is it Popsy? Popsy, eh? You know who is Popsy? Daddy? So if you teach them to talk about people and bad things, it will backfire. If you teach them how to be rude, if you teach them how to insult people outside, when they don't see anybody, they will insult. They must insult somebody. And if you are the available subject, they will insult you. So in homes, we teach values. Amen. Another area we should also 
as we are summarizing, talk about living out the word in our homes is in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, if you're a Bible student, you should know that we're talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. It also rhymes with 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that talks about love is this, love is that, love is this. Amen. It is in the house that we know whether you are filled with the Holy Spirit or not. It is not the gagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagag
and that you, you trust you, I believe God for you, you're coming up. No matter that you did this, you did that, you did it. You didn't do it correctly, but I believe God for you. You're coming up. And next time that child will do it better. Amen. How patient are we with our house helps? Do we pour them hot water and beat them with shoe and lock them out of the house? And then you come out and tell us the fruit of the spirit is patient. It is in the house. It's in the house. It's not in the church that we're talking about. Amen. God will help us in Jesus' name. Love does not count wrong. That is the word of God. Does not count wrong. In the office, you can easily forgive anybody. Forgive your clerk. Forgive your colleague. Forgive your classmate. Forgive anybody. But it is difficult for people to forgive people in the house. Very difficult sometimes. You can't forgive your wife. You keep on remembering what he did. So you'll be punishing her with silence. Will you eat? Mm. Good morning. Mm. You punish your husband because of whatever he did. And you deny him everything that is not proper. You punish children. Punish everybody. Because your heart, you can't forgive. It becomes difficult. The way a clerk does something in the office, you forgive. Ah, sorry, sir. Sir, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. It was this that happened. It's okay, it's okay. Go, 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 go. It's okay, it's okay. Go and carry on. And next thing you place bed, the person will come and do job for you. And that's it. But when you come to the house, you can't forgive a child that has done something. God wants us to start practicing these things in the house first. Use them as your model first. Use them as your manic. Practice with them. Before you go to the field and start practicing with human beings outside. Praise the Lord. Because Bible says that judgment will start from the house of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're rounding off one of the things that the Bible says is that love is faithful. 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 It is demonstrated in our sharing our faith in the house, speaking about it, praying with your home, especially when things are hard, especially when things are difficult, when challenges are around. So that when the testimony comes, all of us will share it. Faithful in our living. Faithful in our morality. The church is facing a serious challenge. When we say love is faithful. And that we should keep ourselves pure. We should start from the house. To look into our purity. And the way we relate and we do our things. It pains me when we go for youth program. And you will hear children telling you, me and my brother are having sex in our house, but their parents do not know about it. Me and my cousin sisters are lesbians. Because we went on holidays and we came back. Purity should start from the house. But somebody should teach it. If you don't teach them, they experiment. Somebody should teach purity. If you're a senior brother, you've known things in the school. When you come back, your siblings should know. What you have seen in the school. Home is a place where we practice the word. Where we do our practice before we go to outside world. Faithful to my husband. Faithful to my wife. It's unfortunate that people are not listening to the gospel again. Because I have dealt with you. And you showed me that you are an infidel man. And tomorrow you will turn around. And I will see to you that you are organizing a program with flyer. I will laugh. I will come because you invited me. I'm your friend. I will come. When you are moving and doing one gra 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 for God and I turn and I, uh, me and your eye will meet. We will just nod our head. Can I meet? People should not take it like that. I was reading every day with Jesus. And Amos was talking about Israel. Prepare to meet your God. Though. He started telling them about the kind of God. He said, God is a fire. He's the one that will trample upon mountains. And will pull down the, the, the idols in Bethel. Why? He said, because they have, they have toyed with God and purity. Even the priests, 
the lawmakers, the princes. People should not joke with God when it comes to the area of purity. And think that you will just do it and sneak away. And then come back and dress up and sit down in the church. When the Bible says that we should live in purity. We need to start it from our house. We teach it. We enforce it. We, watch, we look at what we watch. We look at what we see. And what we encourage. Parents don't look into what people are watching these days. You don't bother. You keep to yourself. And they keep to themselves. You give them their rooms. They walk into their rooms and you walk into your room. And you don't know what is happening in their room. Sometimes you mount televisions for all kids. And you walk away. In order to enforce purity and righteousness, a child should not be watching nonsense. Watching film until 12 midnight, 1 a.m. And then you wake the child up to pray in the morning, snoring and sleeping. Then you use cane and come for morning devotion. Abby? Uh-huh. You use cane and come for morning devotion. So that whosoever is sleeping, you start flogging. When people are doing morning devotion, you are flogging somebody. And the person will be crying and doing morning devotion. I wonder what that person will really understand. Amen. You even see some people. Ah, pray, 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 pray. You go and beat somebody and slap somebody. I know when you reach in the morning devotion. You be doing the Let's adopt the attitude of teaching. It's not by aggression. In the family, it's not by aggression. It's not by cursing. We curse our children, we curse ourselves a lot. We speak negative words. Why God said, bless. Bless. We are priests. Bless. And then you see people talking negatively to their children. If you are waking up more air, the day you see yourself in hell, that is the day you will understand what I'm telling you. Do you think that when he goes to hell, that he will come back and understand? Nobody goes to hell and comes back. Have you seen anybody that goes to hell and comes back? It is only people that slept and they say they died and they went there and they came back. We keep cursing them. Do you intend that they will go to hell and then they, are, they will not realize what you are telling them? You are not going to kill me in this. Did God send them to kill you? God has never intended that your children or your husband or your wife. And you open your mouth and tell your wife, I regret the day I married you. You are the worst thing that ever happened to me in life. Really? Is that a word of blessing? Is that a word of encouragement? Is that a word of love? We practice it in the house. Threat. I'm keeping threatening. Threatening. Living out the word of God and prophesying is not threat. You don't threaten. But these are the words that are common in our lips. And when we do that, we feed our children with all those negative things. And when they go out, they wouldn't really know the solid foundation of the word of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. For single people, we are talking about home, 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 home. Your home is your hostel. Your home is your room. How do you relate with people there? What do you say? What kind of music do you listen to? What identity do you portray as a child of God? For grandmas and grandpas, what do they do? Some are widowed. Some still have their old husbands or old wives. How do you live the word of God? Even when sickness is coming, what do you say? It is the word of God that you will say. You will speak and you will insist on it. That this thing will not happen in my house. And it will not happen. Amen. Living out the word. Prophesying the word. Speaking positive. I have tested speaking out great things in life. And I have seen it happen. So when I do see it happen, I have a diary. So I speak bigger things. More impossible things. You speak to your child. Speak to your life. Speak to your husband. Speak to your son. Speak to everybody. Speak it out. It's big. Prophesy into life, people's life. Prophesy into 10 years into your family. And I tell you, God is going to do it. Day before yesterday, I read Psalm 115. I've been reading it too. But there's something that I saw there. Can we all go there and then we'll pray? Psalm 115. We're talking about living out the life. Why should we live out the life in the home? Because the home should be the first front for evangelism. If you live out the life, you convince everybody that you are a child of God real. And people will begin to listen to you. 
If you live out the life in the home, your home will become a refuge for people who are confused. They run in, they know that they are going to get the solid truth there. Living out the life. You think people are not watching us? People are confused out there, in the yard, in the office. People are hurting. They are looking for standard bearers. People that will show that this is exactly the picture of how it will be. No pretense. No no variation. And they watch you. They watch you. They watch me. They look at me. They continually listen to the kind of story we tell. When we are growing up, married newly, when we sit with our colleagues, and people will be talking, or my husband, I've been looking at them aspect. I was so naive. I was so shocked. These are not the kind of things they taught us in marriage seminar. Is the children the husband's children? Okay. So who am I there now? Okay, I'm not part of the family or what. But it was me that bear the children from my womb. So why should I wait and they'll be sent away from school? school? Ah, I kept on pondering on that. Ah, I was watching. Hey, no. I said, if you follow this kind of people, poison will enter your brain and you start acting like a, I don't know what, I, I run away. No. In order to practice the word of God, you must follow people that are speaking and going to exactly where you're going to. People that kept the same value that you want. You send your children on holidays to people that don't pray. They don't have Bible. They don't talk about it. They only go to shop right. They only go to game and go to zoo and go to birthday party. And that's, uh, that's uh, all kinds of um, go 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 and nothing else. And when your children come back, they'll be speaking one kind of language that you don't even understand again. You move with people with the same value. Let them talk. You don't release your children to come on holidays. Uh-huh. No problem. So that when they grow up and they know they are right and they are left, they can go on holidays. Because when you now bring what they don't like, they tell you, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Amen. In Psalm 115, we are talking about prophesying and speaking the word of God in our home and doing it. In verse 12, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. Is the word of God true? I'm asking the church. Is the word of God real? Is it true? Then can somebody help me and speak this word to himself or herself? The word of God is true. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. You know your own house. My own house. God will bless. He will bless the house of Aaron. You are repeating it to yourself. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. Verse 14 was the bombshell when I read it. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Come on. This is great, isn't it? And I started shouting it in my house. God, you will give me increase more and more. So whatever I have increased to now, Haba, is a starting point. God will give me increase and not just me. He say, me and my children, even the one in the nursery school, will increase. On we prize and they win in a school, okay, win here. Best graduating students should also come from my house. Isn't it possible? You speak it. You make them know that this is what I believe about you. And when they queue into it, they start living towards that. And I don't see the reason why our homes shall not be shining stars for the Lord. And a place where the witness of the word of God is born correctly. God will help us in Jesus name. Can we pray? How is your home? What is the core philosophy in your home? Is it Tom and Jerry? Is it China films of magic? Ben 10. You switch it up so that children will not disturb you and then you go back and bury yourself inside your computer. What is the core value in your house? What are the things you are putting on your walls to mark the word of God? That anybody that comes in will not doubt what this family believes in. 
You don't need to push to anybody. The moment somebody steps into your house, the atmosphere will tell the person, this is what people believe in. A young lady, what do you do with your life? A young man, how do you live the word of God you heard from home? Can we begin to pray and say, God, I want my home to be a place where Jesus is honored. Where everybody is shining out for Jesus. Like Noah, I want my home to be a place where all of us will enter the ark. I wonder who is going to be left out in your house when Jesus will come. Who is going to go to hell? Who is not following? How are you making sure that your father is following, your mother is following if you are a Christian? Who is going to hell? Who is missing rapture in your home? It gives me goose flesh anytime I think about it. And I start praying with tears. God, nobody will be missing in my house. And we have to leave out the word to confirm that. Jesus in the family. Happy, happy home. Oh, happy, happy home. Happy, happy home. With Jesus in the family. Happy, happy home. Happy, happy home. Can you begin to prophesy into your house? Maybe you've been cursing your house for a long time. You might even be cursing a lot of things in your home. Can you prophesy? Speak about yourself. I'm blessed. God will bless me. He will give me increase. I hope somebody is prophesying this morning. It is the word of God you are saying. And God said, I will watch over my word to make it come to pass. Prophesy into your life. Speak about your husband. Say something good. Say something about your wife. Say something about your mother or your father. Say something about your sister or your brother. God is listening to us. In Numbers chapter 14, he said, What I hear you say, I will do for you. Are you saying something? That difficult situation, say something positive about it. And you will see that God will hearken unto it. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory and honor. Blessed be your name because forever your word is eternally, eternally settled. People use your word. David spoke your word and Goliath came down. Moses spoke your word and Pharaoh saw it and knew that it was God that spoke it. Father, we want to pray that in our generation, in our families, O oh God, your word will take root and everybody in our house will be grounded in your word so that we will become the answer to our generation in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we pray that wherever we have got it wrong, forgive us. Lord, you say that your people perish for ignorance. We declare our ignorance before you this morning. And we take up knowledge and understanding. We pray that our eyes shall open so that when we read your word, we will understand it and we will enforce it. That this generation will see people they can fall back on when they are confused. Be thou exalted. We come against every bed of the air that want to pick away your word from our life. Every thorn and every brittle, every third word. Father, we crush them this morning. And pray that your word will seep in and begin to bear fruit. Something must change today. And something new will begin to come. Thank you because you have promised to bless us. And it shall be so. In Jesus mighty name we have prayed. Amen.